Thanks for joining us for another great message from Futures Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to futures.church. And now for our message. Last week and this week, we're talking about how to receive from God. And, and, and last week we talked about, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot to do. You've got to strap your shoes on and run the race. But before you do, you're actually spiritually kind of got to take your shoes off. So often we're running for God. But the order is this. It's resting in, receiving from to get running for. And so often we're running for God so fast or doing things for our family and and workplace so much we never stop and rest in and receive from. So today I wanna continue to help you to receive because often our problem isn't the doing, it's the receiving. Who's who's no good at receiving a compliment? Who hates it when everyone sings happy birthday to them? I I, I really struggle with that, Uh, I don't know why. Uh, I love to build out a good happy birthday, can't receive it myself. Uh, uh, Or someone's generosity, I don't know how to receive it. So often we don't know how to receive and it can be the exact same with God. We don't know how to receive. So today I wanna teach you how to be present in His presence. How to be present in His presence. There is a difference between saying God is everywhere and God is here. The difference between saying God is everywhere and God is here. In the Bible, we see both God's omnipresence and His manifest presence. His omnipresence is the truth, and this is what all Christians get to experience, is that God is everywhere. This is what the psalmist says in Psalm 139, where he says, where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence. The presence of God is everywhere. However, as I look through Scripture, I believe it is more concerned with us encountering and experiencing the manifest presence of God. Being able to not only know that God is everywhere and God hears me and knows where He is with me wherever I am, but there is the manifest presence of God. It is a more mature, it is a more tangible, it is a more powerful revelation and experience of the presence of God in our life that He wants to make known to all of you. And so often we live our life maybe having meetings like this or reading our word or maybe even praying and we know God was there, but we don't experience God here. That we know God is with us, but we maybe don't hear His voice or feel His touch or know His presence like we want to. This is what Moses was saying to God when he said, if you don't go with us, I'm not going. Well, if God's omnipresent, of course He's gonna be everywhere, wherever they would go. He wasn't just saying, I want to know you're with me. He's saying, I need to know you're here. Wherever I go, I don't wanna just have a mountaintop experience with you or a conference moment or a, a, a nice occasional moment where I hear God or sense God, but wherever I go, I want the manifest presence of God with me. Who wants that in their life? I want to teach you, it's not actually a problem of, does God want to give that to you? The problem is, do we know how to receive that from God? See, when my kids were younger, I'd put them to bed and they were a little bit nervous or scared or worried or whatever. And they would yell out, Dad, can you come in here? And I'd finally get two seconds of peace. I'd be like, no, I'm in the house. It's I'm everywhere. I'm in your room, but I'm not in your room. I'm in the lounge room. I'm everywhere. It's almost like saying I'm omnipresent. I'm in the home. But they didn't want to just know I was in the home. 
They would want me in their room with them. They would want to hear me. They would want to touch me. They would want to be able to sense my presence in the same space as them. Uh, It's like comparing to God. God is everywhere, but at the same time, we can know his manifest presence. When it comes to your personal time with him, and it comes to your church time, and I'm gonna talk about both today, God wants to manifest his presence for you. What God wants to do is to do something for you that you can't do for yourself. When you're done doing it for yourself, God wants to show his presence in your personal time And when we come together to worship, to do something for you that you can't do for yourself. Every time you experience the manifest presence of God, something shifts, something changes, and something happens. Amen? He'll he'll encourage, He'll convict, He'll strengthen, He'll heal. Something changes, something happens, and something shifts however He wants. This is what David said in Psalm 116 when he said, In your presence. Everyone say, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. We all know what it, God's with us all the time, but we don't always know His joy. But it's when I sense His manifest presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. It's in His manifest presence. 2 Corinthians 3 says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is Liberty, we should all live free because God's everywhere. But at the same time, when we know and experience God, there's a freedom that comes. It's what in Exodus, we read about God's promise where He says in Exodus 33, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. There's something about the gifts of the Holy Spirit There's something about what Jesus wants to give into your life that not only comes from knowing He is here, but knowing God is here. It's the difference between knowing that He is with me when I pray, read the Word or worship, but to sensing and going, I had time with God today. You want to have that? I want to just give some, some keys to receive today. So there's two key things I want to teach you, and just simple, two key words. And for each of them, I want to show you how to apply them in your home and how to apply them in the church. And today's practical, but, and we could have just a moment in the presence of God today. However, I don't want you to have just a moment today. You can have time in His presence every day. So I want to give you the keys. And, and I don't want to have just a good Sunday today. I want to experience His manifest presence every day. So let me give you two keys for home and for here. The first word is door. Everyone say door, door. Now the first key for your home is to shut the door. Everyone say shut the door. Now there is nothing more important for you when it comes to receiving from God in your home life than to shut the door. See, there is no podcast, There is no book, there is no author, there is no worship album, there is nothing that is greater for you to receive from God than personally receiving from God. And in Matthew 6, Jesus teaches us how to pray and we hear the Lord's Prayer. And we often talk about this, but Jesus saw it to be more important before He taught us how to pray to teach us where to pray. Because if we didn't get the right place where to pray, we might pray in the right way, but we may not receive. So Jesus teaches us in Matthew 6, 6, He says, but when you pray, read it with me, go away by yourself, shut the door and pray to your Father in private. See, 
Before we pray, it actually has to start with intimacy. If you wanna have relationship with God and receive from God and not just know He was there, but to experience His manifest presence in your personal time with God, you need to shut the door. Everyone say, shut the door. You need a place. That's just you and Him where He's waiting to meet with you on the best or the worst days. You can experience the presence of God. Who knows that whenever we get time with God, there's distractions. It's not just you, it's all of us. It's, 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 there's noise and there's worry and, and, and there's, there's things I've got to do and there's lists and there's children and there's all those things, there's stuff. Jesus didn't say stuff, He said it this way. When the seed comes, He says, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. You've got to shut the door because we all get distracted. In Michigan recently, there was a year seven boy called Dylan Reeves and he was on a bus and the bus driver all of a sudden went into cardiac arrest and, and, and all of a sudden began to become unconscious. A bus was filled with children, but this 13-year-old boy was the only one to respond. He saw what was going on, he got out of his seat, he put his foot on the brake and he put the car into park and yelled to one of the other kids to call 911. Now, this kid's a hero, but they asked him, uh, they asked all the kids in the class, as they did their investigation, why no one else responded. And they found out that all of the kids on the bus never saw what was going on because they were on their phone. Now, when they investigated to why this kid was so heroic, his mum didn't actually say he was a heroic kid. His mum let the reporters know as a 13-year-old, she simply didn't let him have a phone. You see, what happens is on this bus, you realise that the only one that responded was the only one that was present. See, the only way we can have a response with God that allows us to enter His manifest presence is if we are present ourselves. See, we do the same with God. We trick ourselves thinking because of technology, we're omnipresent because you can multitask. Let me say that again. We trick ourselves because of technology to think we're omnipresent and we can be everywhere at once because you and I, with technology, know how to multitask. And I want to tell you something in love you're kidding yourself. Have a conversation with your kids and they're on the phone. Are they really listening? Not a chance. With your husband or wife, you need to have an important conversation if they're on social media or doing something or the dishes, are they really listening? No, they're not, except for me, Sean's always am. Uh, and we trick ourselves to thinking, I can be with God and doing other things at the same time and be in His presence. But I believe you can't multitask and be present if you want His presence at the same time. Psalm says it this way in chapter, verse 40, chapter 46, verse 10. We, we know it says, be, read it with me still and know that I am God. That word there in the Hebrew means to cease striving. It means to press pause on everything that you're doing, to be with God and receive His presence, His manifest presence, you need to be still. Everyone say, be still. Be still. Shut the door and just be with Him, to be present in His presence. Is this helping you today? So the first one for home is shut the door. Now, let me give you the key when we come into church to receiving from God. It's number two is shut the door quicker. 
Shut the door quicker. Let me explain what I mean by this. Can I be dad for a moment and just love you, church? There are so many people that come late to church. We're going to go there. And what happens is we don't shut the door quick enough because kids and life and rush and all the rest, and we get into church late. And we actually miss out a key part of what it is to enter into his manifest presence, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. How do we enter through the Lord's Prayer? We enter with thanksgiving and praise. And we actually miss out on praise and worship when we come in late. And I've heard people say, I'm just a late person. Well, uh, if you went on an overseas trip, you wouldn't have been. And if you had to get to an interview, you wouldn't be. And, and uh, our people to say, I- I- I'm just someone that just has been late for everything. I actually don't believe it. I actually think it's a reverence issue. Because if we had a reverence and a value for the presence of God, we would prioritize it. And if we're honest, sometimes just having a little bit more time or a bit later on a Saturday night or uh, needing to get a coffee at 10 past 11 or having that conversation, what we're doing is we are, without realizing it, actually prioritizing that moment more than we prioritize the manifest presence of God. Are you doing okay still? What happens is we come in so stressed, so busy, so tired, so distracted. We're trying to get the kids checked in. We've been arguing in the car because we didn't want to be late this week. We said we'd change. We'd do it differently. We get in. We realize we need a coffee. It's still open. Thank the Lord. We see some we haven't seen in a while. We walk in. We can't find a seat. Where do we sit? Now we sit. Now we're trying to get into it and we're distracted and we're thinking about everything else. And this is expected because you're human. And God knew this for Moses too. He called Moses up the mountain in Exodus 24. And he says this word, stay with me on the mountain. This word higher, everyone say higher. This word higher means not actually stay with me. It means be. It's not good English, but it's great practice. God says to Moses, come up the mountain and just be. See, God knew Moses would have been so just thinking, like, I've had to climb a flipping mountain and these people are painful and I'm having to deal with my leaders and how do I get back home? And when I get home, how many golden calves am I going to melt down and make everyone drink? And what am I going to do when I take the next challenge and all the rest? Where's water going to come from? And God knew Moses would be distracted. Moses was busy. So he said, Moses, if you want to know my glory, if you want to experience my manifest presence, come and just be. The truth is when we come into church, we're so often so, if I can, late, busy and rushed. We walk away knowing God was there, but having not fully received everything God has for us rather than just being. And we hope for God to show up in our worship or personal time, not realizing he's been waiting for you. And he's got gifts He's got, he wants to recharge you. He wants you to hear from him. He has his presence, his power, his protection, his peace, his provision for your life, and he wants you to meet him there. Hey, can I be honest? Sometimes it takes longer than we think. I made an unbelievable, authentic Indian Rogan Josh Mervyn. You would have been so proud and employed me. And, uh, and, and, and I got all the recipes from Indian Bazaar down there at Mopri Triangle. And, and like, you know, it's... Spent way too much, but I was like, now I'm going to be an Indian chef. And, and, and I got in there, and, and the recipe said 20 minutes to prepare, an hour to cook. I started at 20 past 5, and I finished at 5 past 10 at night. It took about five hours. 
My kids ate at five past nine that night dinner. I had to make them hot dogs halfway through because it was taking so long, but they were going to eat this flipping curry. And what I realized is I thought it would take so long, but sometimes preparation and the cooking just takes longer. And what we often want to do is, as we're multitasking or as we're rushing in, we're hoping that God shows up on our time. And what it is is reverence that we need to have for the presence of God that says, I shut the door and I shut the door quicker. Can I say, when it comes to our corporate worship, we only come together to do this once a week. Let's make the most of it. Amen? Amen. Are you still love me? Wonderful. Fantastic. You can say it anyway. Number two. First was doors. Number two, hands. Everyone say hands. Maybe just the keys can come. You know, hands matter all through life, and they do in the Bible too. Like if someone is trustworthy, they're your right-hand man. If someone is helpful, they're handy. If someone's actively engaged, they're hands-on. If someone's got control, you can handle it. If you're victorious, you've been dealt the winning hand. If someone's good looking, they're handsome. If someone's very excited, they swing from the chandeliers. Uh, Jesus, Jesus, he now sits on the right-hand side. It's funny, Tyson, on the right-hand side of the Father. Proof of the resurrection was Jesus said, put your fingers in my hands. At the completion of his mission, Jesus said, into your hands I commit my spirit. They're the same hands that touched the sick and they were healed. They were the same hands that blessed the children. They were the same hands that put mud on blind eyes. They're the same hands that ripped the bread. They're the same hands that rode in the dirt. There's something about hands. Your hands are symbolic for victory. What does Psalm say? It's chapter 144. It says, Praise be to the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. When you come into church, how do you learn to receive? At home, at sometimes your door. Well, in here, it's also your hands. Explain. I'll give you a couple of ways you can use your hands to receive from God. First one, when you're hearing the preaching, take notes. Take notes, as simple as that. Sometimes we want to come and be inspired, but you actually need to come in to grow. Inspiration will help you today, but growth will help you in the next days. If we don't take notes, we actually don't recall. And what I found is every time I take notes from the preacher, I actually hear from the Holy Spirit for me personally. And when I write it down and reflect on it, it wasn't just a moment, but now it was something I can go and grow in as He reveals things to me. Next, how do you use your hands in church? You gotta clap your hands. This is the word Shabbat. Psalm 47 says, Oh, Shabbat, or oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. There's something about when you come in praise, which is when you come in time and you position yourself to clap your hands. When the Word of God's coming and you clap your hands, when there's a shout of amen, which is a shout of agreement and triumph, what happens is my body, my soul and my spirit all now come into alignment. And sometimes we want to give God our body, but um, we want to give God our spirit, but we want to keep control of our body and our soul. But God made all of them to join together in union to come and worship and praise Him. My hands aren't just a sound that I make, but He trained my hands for battle, my, my hands for battle, my fingers for war. He gave me victory. There's something about clapping your hands, all your people, that says I'm victorious, He's great, He's good. It's not actually a request, it's an instruction in Scripture. But then our hands as well, it's not only just we clap our hands, but the Bible tells you 
to lift your hands. Lift your hands right across this room. You might be here. You might be going, that's a Pentecostal thing. No, it's a Bible thing. You might be going, it's a cultural thing. No, it's a scriptural thing. You might be going, it's a preference thing. No, it's in the Word. Say It's this Word, uh, Yadah, Psalm 63 verse 4. I will praise you as long as I live and in your name I will. Yadah, lift your hands. I'll lift my hands. What it is, is a sign of surrender. It's saying, I lay down my guard. I lay down my control and I surrender to you. There's another word, it's tada. And we find that in 1 Timothy. It's the New Testament says, therefore, I want men everywhere to pray. Tada. Lifting holy hands. Getting ready for what you're about to receive. So how do you receive from God? And how do you know His manifest presence, not just knowing His omnipresence? Well, one of the keys is to shut the door. No distractions. Another one is when you come in, shut the door earlier and position yourself to join with everyone as we clap our hands, lift our hands and receive from the Holy Spirit. But now this last one, how do you do it at home? How do you do it in church and how do you do it at home? Well, if in church we have active hands, at home we have open hands. My, my papa, he taught us, he was like an, an amateur boxing champion and England. At least that's what he told us anyway. Greenwood's exaggerate. And, uh, and in Morgan, we used to go up there when we were kids and he'd teach us to box. And I remember there was one thing he always taught us, right? Thumbs out of the glove, don't break them, get your stance right. But he would be always, keep your guard up. Keep your guard up. And we'd want to just punch. He'd be like, keep your guard up. So at the moment we dropped our guard, with his gloves, gave us a little clip over the years. It was all in fun, everyone. And then just, you know, all the time, keep your guard up. Goes through my head. I tell you, with God, it's the complete opposite. But it's what we do. We tend to hide from God what we're uncomfortable with. We tend to pretend like, God, it's okay. I've got it. But our guard's up. We go into prayer telling God what we want because if we ask Him what He wants, it may not be what I want and I can't handle it right now. I can't handle more. So we know He's there, but we don't experience His manifest presence because without realising it, I'm accidentally pushing Him away before we've even begun. Now you've actually got to have your arms open like Jesus did in Gethsemane where He had a way that He wanted things to go and He had something, He wanted a request of the Father he said, if this cup could be taken from me, but, but not my will, but yours. The other way we need to be able to have our arms open is to do with how we're doing. We tend to hide from God what we're most uncomfortable with. We're not willing to come in and say, I'm frustrated, God. But you're allowed to. To come in and say, God, he should have been healed by now. That I'm still sad and lonely. You promised you would provide, but it hasn't happened yet. You gave me a promise over my kids, but they're still away from you. And we go in and we pray, but if we're honest, where God is here because we don't want God to see how broken we actually are. Never letting our guard down and letting Him get beyond our shame and letting Him just see you and me. And team can come. What's so good about the Psalms though? And why so many of our songs are based on those Psalms? 
Because you read the Psalms and you think, oh, there's some really happy Psalmist and some really sad Psalmist. They're actually the same Psalmist. And when they were writing, they were allowing themselves to be totally authentic with God with how they were going and what they were experiencing. They would write and describe to God how they were feeling, even if it didn't sound righteous, because it's real. Because it's there when you get to a place where you drop your guard, you have open hands, you shut the door and you get past distraction where you don't have to be strong because He's strong. Where you don't have to have the answers because He has the answers. Where you can be frustrated and find His hope. Where you can stand and say, God, I don't wanna be angry, but if I'm honest, I am. But there's a peace that surpasses understanding where you don't have to know the way through, but He's the lamp to your feet and the light to your path. The only way, one of the only ways I believe we truly get to have the manifest presence of God that provides and gives peace and healing is when you stop being in control and let God be in control. And all of a sudden, as the guard goes down, He enters the room and God's here. Come on, stand to your feet with me. That's why the Bible says, be still. Stop ceasing, stop striving and know that He is God. This is where we draw near to Him. We're hoping He shows up. He's omnipresent, He is here. But if you want the manifest presence of God, draw near to Him and He'll draw near to you. I believe it's in your own time and when we unite together in these moments, where daily we can experience the presence of God in all that He has for us. And let the guards drop. Open hands. Active hands. Come on, why don't we do this right now? Maybe the first time you ever lifted your hands. Today's your day, lift your hands with me in faith. In a posture, not for me, why don't you shut your eyes right across this place of surrender, of being still, of giving Him your pain and your hurt and your worry and your burden and receiving His grace, His anointing. It's not just about this moment, it's about the moments to come, but He's here. Not just because He's omnipresent, but His manifest presence is available for you to experience right now. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you, and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son Jesus to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, 
joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, Thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the Word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you, and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.